to The B-Sides, a podcast for progressives who love pop music. We're your hosts. I'm Hannah. I'm Mimi. And I'm Becky. Tune in for new episodes every other Wednesday to hear our conversations on pop's place in our world. And the music you should put in your ears to fuel your reckoning with the trash fires all around us. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. What's up? Hello. Happy holiday episode. Yes. Today is the holiday Adele's new album and Red Taylor's version. That's the holiday. It's, um, it's got to yeah. be. <laughs> I saw that's, that's part of it. <laughs> so I'm listen to 30 yet. Really? Yeah. There's a lot oh. of content to consume. There's a so lot. Of I can't I wait to hear what you think. I did watch some of the Adele interviews and I just love her. Um, She's she's really wonderful. Do you think if there was more like positive buzz around this album that you would have listened to it already? If everyone was like, you have to hear this. Maybe. I think also Taylor's red version coming out like a week before hurt my listening to it because I'm still listening to red. I'm also not a, I'm an Adele fan, but I'm not a huge Adele fan. I listen to her or listen to one or two songs, but I don't like sit and listen to albums although did you guys see that spotify removed the shuffle for her album they made she, it not the default yeah because you she still asked, can if you want but you have to you have to admit you're a menace yeah and choose and it i think that's good i mean you should listen to red in order too so i'm glad that they did that for her i think it's a we've talked about this in our group chat but what's a podcast if not a group chat on mics that I I really I think all the songs are beautiful. Her voice sounds absolutely incredible. The lyrics are great. I don't none of the songs do what 1921 and 25 did for me in terms of just like those are songs I can go back to forever. But I think that and I know that I I'm certainly not like there are many people who disagree with me and that's great. And if you disagree with me that's awesome and I'm glad that you love this album. I feel like it really reminded me of Casey Musgraves most recent album in that not just because it was a divorce album, but just because it's, it felt like important for Adele to make and important for Casey to make, but it's just not peak them for me. Honestly, it's the same with positions and Ariana, like, which is not a divorce album, quite the opposite. It's just like, I'm glad that's what she wanted to make. I hope the next one is a little different. It's not, not my favorite, but it is all good. All good things. Yeah, I think that those are some great comparisons. I would say that Adele is like a Jesus fixture to some people. And before we- Where are you going with that? (laughs) Before we get into that, actually, um, I want to just remind you to subscribe if you haven't already. Subscribing makes it way easier to keep up with us. And you can open the description of this app to find other ways to join this internet home Additionally, when you open that up, you'll find some homework I may put in there. I'm now that I'm saying that out loud, maybe a bit too long. Um, and instead you should join our discord where you will get all of the fun homework assignments. That's not really homework. Homework get, you know, gets bad rap. It's not homework per se. It's like fun reading and music videos that you should listen to. Um, and I am so please join our other internet homes. I'm just going to preface that I got the, the Pfizer booster today. So if I sound a little delusional. Maybe that's hitting. You all should get vaccinated. You all should get the booster when, and if it is available to you, if that is a controversial opinion to you, go away. Okay. (laughs) Um, Also let's vaccinate the world that that's Matthew. Yes. Um, on today's episode, we're going to talk about the elusive and enduring genre of music that we all have probably listened to, whether we realize it or not, but Christian rock, how did it happen? How do we, as Jews, this is the three of us identify as, as Jews. Why do we like the sound of Christian rock? And why do some bands quote unquote, pretend not to be as Christian as they really deep down are for me? I think I accidentally stumbled across Christian rock in an earnest way when I was listening to Gavin DeGraw. He has a song that features the band all caps, one word, need to breathe. Uh, need to breathe is great. If you haven't listened to them, they're currently on tour. 
don't think I would go to them in, in person, but I also don't think I would know anyone who would go to a need to breathe concert with me. But anyway, as a Jewish person, I don't like have a connection to religious music. I didn't grow up going to a youth group, although my mom did sing in a choir that was made up of old Jewish women who like sang the Messiah every year. So maybe that's like a connection I have to like some gospel, but I didn't really see the warning signs with all caps need to breathe. Um, they just sounded like a sweet folk country band, but I, like many of you agreed on Instagram had no idea this band or similar bands were Christian rock. Um, I'm using who Hannah has told me that you're in right. Your in real life name is Eileen. Um, said that you felt bamboozled when learning that Switchfoot and POD were Christian rock. Jordan also said so much of it fooled me. And I only learned later that the music was not for me. So what does that say about Christian rock? Well, I think for one thing, it's ability to morph and shift because it is the dominant culture in the United States. You almost have to assume something is Christian infused until you're told it's not, which is now honestly how I operate after listening to so many years of need to breathe without realizing that they were Christian rock. And you can't really uh, imagine any other religion like that. I don't know, Hannah, Mimi, if you guys have any connection to Christian rock or something you want to say up front before we dig in. Um, I have, I have been someone who like the, like Eileen and Jordan said that whenever I've been like surprised, whenever I have found out that something is Christian rock, I remember that, like, I really know that feeling of surprise. Um, I'm really excited that the three of us are going to be digging into this and we're, we're all Jews. And I'm also really excited to hear what um, Christians who are listening to this, whether you're Protestant or you're Catholic, whatever, whatever upbringing is, I'm really excited to hear your takes and also non-Christian, non-Jews. We just can't wait to have a whole interfaith conversation here today. Um, I have a friend who I used to work with at a Jewish organization who's Jewish who would listen to Christian rock like all the time as like her pump up music. And she was just like, it makes me happy. It gives me like hope. It gives me energy. It's so it's like, it's like she, for her, it was the best version of country music almost. And I always really admired that and and thought that was great for her. But I do remember the first time when I realized a song, um, what's it called? The six feet from the edge song, but it's not actually called that by Creed. What's that song called? I think it is called that. Oh, it is called six, feet, six from the- feet from the edge and I'm screaming. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that song, learning it at camp, my first year at camp with Becky with, um, from somebody else and then doing it like on karaoke later and like singing the words at karaoke. I was 11 and I was like, oh, oh. And then someone like she said, like this person I was singing karaoke with was like, oh yeah, this is Christian. And I was like, am I not allowed to sing it? Am I, is this like, am I being a bad Jew by singing this? Like, it was very confusing for me. So I have, um, yeah, a windy connection with uh, Kristen Rock. I don't really listen to it that often unless it's on the radio and I find out later that it was Christian. And I love the band Switchfoot. And I have for like at least 15 years and the lead singer did a duet with Mandy Moore in A Walk to Remember in 2002. And that was great. Um, and I was in, I was embarrassed by how much I enjoyed Switchfoot. But no more. Switchfoot's great. I think there's like something debatable about how Christian rock they are. They're definitely Christians, as we were already discussing at length. Um, but then there are the ones that were a little like scarier to me, like Creed for sure. And POD, both of whom dominated TRL at various times, the TRL countdown, like POD with their song alive or Creed, like with arms wide open. How can that possibly not be a Christian song? I don't know. Uh, so it's a mixed bag for for me, but I'm also excited to have this conversation because Christian rock is foreign in the sense that we are Jews. And yet it is so familiar in the sense that we live in a Christian nation. <laughs> and also the core progressions are very like most of the time, um, pretty, you know, straightforward and, and what our brains are accustomed to from a lot of popular music. The song was called One Last Breath. I'm sorry, not Six Feet from For anybody who was like screaming oh. at the at their headphones just now. One Last Breath. Yeah, Mimi, I agree with a lot of that for sure. 
So I think that is one of the big questions and what is Christian rock and how did it even come about? So you may be surprised to learn, or maybe not, but that Christian rock is rather recent genre for a long time. Religious Christians viewed rock music as satanic rock music is sexual. The pulsing of the guitar, the lyrics, it leads to drinking. Why would any good Christian uh, choose to engage then? And Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. even advised against listening to it. In a 1958 column in Ebony, he responded to a young man who wrote to him saying he plays both gospel and rock and roll and asked if this was objectionable. Dr. King replied. He said that rock and gospel were totally incompatible, uh, explaining that the profound, sacred and spiritual meaning of the great music of the church must never be mixed with the transitory quality of rock and roll music. And he made it clear which he preferred. The former serves to lift men's souls to higher levels of reality and therefore to God, he wrote. The latter so often plunges men's minds into degrading and immoral depths. Um, That's a really intense thing to say. And I know that Martin Luther King, the person, and Martin Luther King, the legend, the icon, are two different people. So we can keep that in mind. But I thought that was um, an interesting quote that you found, Becky. And in fact, this wasn't like the bottom line at the time, because MLK's bestie, Andrew Young, who was another civil rights leader and executive director of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, said only a few years later, I'm quoting here. He said, I say all of the time that rock and roll did more for integration than the church. And if I was going to choose who I was going to let into the kingdom, I might have to choose Elvis. Um, And that's when I got into a rabbit hole of like, what is the difference between a Pentecostal church and Baptist? And I'm sorry if you're listening and you're like, this is common knowledge. Um, Because like at the time at peak Jim Crow, which we know MLK and Andrew Young all fought against Pentecostal churches integrated um, and people who belong to those churches include. I know this is a very like man centric moment that we're having here, but Elvis Presley, Little Richard, Johnny Cash, James Brown. But MLK was Baptist, and I've since learned that their prayer music is like generally quieter, more reserved. So maybe that's part of his opposition, or maybe it's also something else. I don't know. Um, but you know, it's I think in the at the moment he said it, maybe it it just wasn't as popular yet. And sounds like in the 60s is when it really started to take off, rock did, and then Christian rock. Yeah, I think. I don't know. We don't know, obviously, because MLK died too young. So we we don't know if his position on rock and roll would have changed. Cha- it might have changed in those 10 years from 1958 to 1968, but we don't know uh, if he then became a huge fan or would have become a huge fan later in life. Um, but by the 1960s, rock became unavoidable and it, it attained worldwide popularity, and particularly with the Beatles. Counterculture was in full swing. And in 1966, John Lennon even joked that Christianity was dying, that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus now, which, as you can imagine, did not go over well with Christian Americans, who, which is the majority of folks, even more so in the country then, and as they are now, but didn't stop a few Christians who did see the literal value and rock and also a strong niche opening to praise Jesus, make some money and not revolt. So one of the main founders of Christian rock is uh, Larry Thomas. In the 1960s, he was in a band called People, exclamation point, which toured with The Doors, Janis Joplin, The Who, et cetera. But shortly after that, as we all do, Larry Norman had a spiritual awakening, shifted gears and released his first solo album called Upon This Rock, produced by Hal Hogler. And is now considered to be the first full-blown Christian rock album. TV uh, evangelicalists denounced him, see even he had opposition from fellow Christians, but he slipped through into the counterculture movement and quickly developed a strong fan base. And his songs soon played in Christian bookstores throughout the country. One of his songs is literally called Why Should the Devil of All the Good Music, uh, which pretty much summarizes his attitude and his quest to pioneer the Christian rock music scene. He went all in to produce other Christian rock, another Christian rock 
Drew Brees and other Christian rock albums, including a rock pioneer, Randy Stonehill, who released his first album in 1971. And then Larry Norman produced another one of his albums called Born Twice. In the most common one of his album, it's an entirely live performance. He's very well known. Other bands emerged and Christian rock slowly seeped into mainstream culture. And by the late, ni- late 1970s, Christian rock received exposure through more mainstream rock and folk musicians. You may remember this, you may not, but Bob Dylan became a born again Christian and released pretty much three Christian al- albums between 1979 and 1981. Sure, Christian rock was built in the 60s. But it really wasn't until the 1990s that Christian rock really exploded on the scene with the bands that we've already talked about, minus my favorite band, Need to Breathe. They were born after that. But many of the popular 1990s Christian bands were initially identified as Christian alternative rock, including Jars of Clay, Newsboys, Audio Adrenaline, and the later albums of DC Talk. Um, outside of our countries, out of like the Anglophone, I can never say that word, countries, bands, like... Euphenia G3, which is in Brazil, and The Cry achieved moderate success. To date, Delirious has been the most successful bands from the United Kingdom. So other Christian nations or other places that were colonized become Christian soon developed this type of rock music. And by the late 1990s and early 2000s, the success of Christian-inspired acts like Skillet, Thousand Foot Crutch, Decipher Down, Under Oath, Cutlass, Disciple, POD, Switchfoot, and Reliant K saw a shift towards mainstream exposure in the Christian rock scene and soon played like all over radios. And that's sort of how little Hannah saying it at karaoke at 11 Um, and a Christian growing metal band under oath found a place on MTV and helped lead a growing Christian contingent at warp tour, which is kind of crazy, which is a traveling punk festival. I just, I don't even know if warp tour is still around. Maybe it closed during the pandemic. Instead of viewing Christian rock as an enemy, evangelicals began to use its power and translate it into new members for the church. In fact, in 2001, News, Newsweek even celebrated the genre on its cover with a headline that resembled an endorsement, Jesus rocks, exclamation point. So yes, that was 20 years ago at this, at this point, but the feeling still stays. So many of our favorite bands are singers, like much of the world is Christian and Jesus and praying is infused in their music where it's got us thinking, is this Christian music, even the band singer? Is this Christian music, even if the band or singer isn't explicitly labeled as such? So, yeah, Becky, you found a great quote from Kelefa Sane in The New Yorker. So I think we should read it. Um, The quote says, on Billboard's list of the 20 most popular rock songs of 2017, fully half of them were by bands whose members have espoused the Christian faith. This has something to do with a phenomenon that would have been hard to imagine in 1969. Two of the country's top rock acts, The Killers and Imagine Dragons, are led by Mormons. It also has something to do with the fact that faith no longer seems so alien to popular music. Ours is an era when plenty of artists, not just religious ones, aim to send inspirational messages. Think of Praying, the gospel-powered Kesha song about resilience and recovery. This has made Christian bands harder to ignore and at times harder to identify. Depending on your perspective, this could mean that the Christian rock, that Christian rock has triumphed or that it has gone soft. Either way, the genre endures no longer preaching to the converted and sometimes no longer preaching at all. So, yeah, there's a lot for us to unpack, I think, for the rest of this episode together of like, is it what it what it means? I think that I think some people might say, if you can't tell if it's Christian or not, then why does it matter? And I think that's what we're going to unpack together. I think and that quote and everything that I've read about it, too, is like you can't because our country is so Christian, you can't escape it. And that it's infused in almost everything that we listen to. If you take a step back to listen, that even if stuff isn't so blatantly like praise Jesus, I love him there's some way wrapped into some Bible verse I don't recognize because we're not Christian. Yeah. I think that something that's really hard for people, whether or honestly, whether or not you're Christian, but especially if you are, if you are like, um, you know, if you've been, if you've grown up in one of the many Christian denominations, or if you, you know, didn't grow up maybe with strong religious background at all, but um, you know, your family might come from one of those denominations that you, it's hard to realize how much Christian hegemony is just everything. It's just everything. It's the water that we swim in at if, if we were fish. Well, Hannah, I think that's interesting. And then we'll go into the next section. 
upon watching the bachelor franchise for as much as I have, you, you do realize that everyone is Christian upon watching that. Um, and like mainstream television, because there are a lot of references to the Bible in ways that I'm like, wow, I never like, that's just not a part of my life. It's not even just that everyone is Christian. Cause then that that's actually really easy to say. That's just not true for people, but it's just that it's, that is dominant culture. Like that is what is dominant. That is what is ubiquitous. We're in holiday season right now. I think it's pretty hard to, to debate that. I also, I, with this quote, I think, um, it seems paradoxical to say that something could be hard to ignore and hard to identify. Um, but that's so, that seems so true here. And I guess with, I guess with dominant culture more broadly, um, which is what you're saying with fish, fish and water. Uh, but it's interesting. We don't always like tackle this sort of, this sort of subject where it's, it is kind of, it is kind of like fluid in this way, but not, but also like not in our purview all the time because we are Jewish coastal elites. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. And I think that plays into also what Christian rock sounds like and the way that it can like morph and you don't actually realize that it's Christian rock, like other pop punk songs that you often don't really know you're listening to Christian rock until like the third or fourth listen. Uh, they, all the songs kind of sound the same. They have like a low drum of the guitar, the raspy and powerful male vo- voice. Um, I don't know the stats on this, but I want to say a majority of Christian rockers are male singers, white male singers. Uh, there's a sudden drops in the acoustic. So the singer can have his moment and probably connect to God. Um, and if you some kind of like gospel in there, you lift up your hands, you close your eyes, they all kind of sound the same, but it's because of that, that it's reliable. You know what you're going to get when you put on need to breathe. Um, and it's kind of soothing. And it's also because of that, because it's so reliable, um, it's been kind of enduring. And because of that, it's been an extreme moneymaker. So this quote from Rolling Stone says, while rapid R&B have indeed risen to become the leading genre of music consumption, Christian music remains a sizable minority mass. Solid numbers are hard to come by, but at its annual conference in 2015, the Gospel Music Association reported that 68% of Americans had listened to Christian or gospel music within the last 30 days. Which is also interesting because I think of Christian rock and gospel as having very little to do with each other. But of course, they're all it's whatever. All, all music is connected in some way, especially if there's a similar message. I do, too. I think of them as very different, but maybe because you think of gospel, at least maybe I think of gospel as like so specifically religious. And like you maybe don't I mean, Christian in front of rock, but as we'll talk about and learn later a lot of quote unquote rock bands are Christian rock bands. They're just not labeled as that. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little more about what it sounds like, according to me. <laughs> um, okay. We've established that we love some Christian rock, but I'm thinking that if we combined all of it together, every musical artist that's ever appeared on the bachelor bachelorette, and we put it all together or or all of these kind of like Christian bands that have appeared on major radio stations or TRL or things like that. Um, it sounds like, Becky, kind of like you're saying, it's like a wall of guitars and power chords. Pretty bland rhythms, like not bad, but just like four, four time signature drum set. Very easy to sing along to intentionally, which is not a bad thing. And when you, it's in stark contrast with Jewish music, which is not as easy most of the time and is also very like minor keyed, which I love, but there's a time and a place, you know, Um, whereas this is kind of this Christian rock is much closer to like the keys that we typically enjoy in the chord progressions in pop music. And that's intentional dominant culture. Um, there's also something often in the singer's voice, whether it's Switchfoot or Creed or Reliant K or Need to Breathe or P.O.D. All of these bands have like the, the tenor of the 
the lead singer's voice is different, but there's something in it that makes me feel like they believe in Jesus or they want us to believe that they believe in Jesus or they want us to believe in Jesus. It's an indescribable, but intense quality, I think. Um, and that leads me to it's chuggy, like not all the time. Again, I love Switchfoot, but it's never, it's never trend setting unless the trend is Christianity, which is a pretty old trend by now. Um, I don't know. I, I can't remember exactly where I saw this, so I can't give the person credit. I'm sure it was like on Reddit or something like that, but I saw auto-tune used as a tangible example of this where it's like the Christian rock industry using it late in the game after most mainstream music was kind of like done with auto-tune. So they're kind of like six months or a year behind trend. And I think this can be true of a lot of like different aesthetics with the Christian rock industry or the look. Um, But I have no actual proof of that. So, uh, so like it's chuggy, but that's ironic because Jesus was a real trendsetter and Christian rock is not. So I don't know what he he would have to say about it, but, um, you know, that's not, that's not for me to say or for us to find out. The last thing I'll say about this is I looked up like key Christian rock words, phrases in a Reddit thread of like, what does it sound like? And again, I think it might've been the same thread and I can't find it now. Cause I was like deep into like Christianity Reddit, which <laughs> I don't know how to navigate, but um, here's some phrases I remember being listed there. And I know that we're going to get to this later with some lyrics that Becky has curated, but Breaking chains, moving mountains, change. Uh, change is a pretty, I mean, that that's in a lot of songs. Weight on shoulders, rise up. We are the voice of a generation. Anything about youth or when you clearly means God. Like you save me and it's God, you know? So that's kind of the gist of what it sounds like. Um, and when we were uh, doing some of this research and I, I think this was either, I think it showed up in a Google search and also in an article that Becky shared that will be in the homework for this episode. Uh, I was reminded of a Seinfeld scene in like the last season. And then I went to Netflix to find it where Elaine borrows her boyfriend's car And she discovers that all of the radio presets are Christian rock stations. And I don't remember how this is resolved. And I think that's okay. Um, Because just like the message of Christ, (laughs) nothing is ever resolved. I don't know. Um, But she's like kind of like freaked out. It's like every and then they're like, all right, just change all the presets and see if he changes them back. And then you'll know if like he did that on purpose or it was in his car when he got it, etc. So clearly there are a lot of Jews who are grappling with this, at least since the nineties. And George says something funny about Christian rock that I now already forget, even though we watch this. What does he say? I think he says he, he likes Christian rock because they're so positive and they don't try to be like hip and cool. Like everyone else. They're chooky. Speaking of Chugi, we're going to play a fun game of is this Christian rock or just white Christian men singing? Um, So Hannah, so I will preface that I found these five song lyrics in the Hannah and Mimi don't know anything about it. Don't know who they are. I'm going to have you guys guess. And then I'm going to read to you some, some fun factoids. Okay, so should I read the first lyric and then I'm going to guess if it's Christian or just white? Oh, a Christian man. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, I'll tell you, my friend, one day this world's got to end as your lies crumble down a new life she has found. 
I'm going to say that's Christian rock because of the way that it's like this world's got to end implying the existence of a second world, which will begin or is going on. Mimi, what do you think? I agree. The rapture is coming. The rapture is coming. So yes (gasps) and no, but mostly yes. Um, A trick question to start. (laughs) Well, so it's the band, the red jumpsuit apparatus. Um, which I, I'm not gonna say anything more. I'm going to read to you guys an interview that they did where they're asked. Okay. The interviewer says the red jumpsuit apparatus has been classified as a Christian band. There are other rock bands like Switchfoot and the fray who are Christians, but don't like to be defined this way. Do you find there a stigma and being labeled as such? Sure. But we don't care. And we don't get caught up in the politics. Anybody who listens to our records knows I believe in God. And anybody who listens to our records also knows I don't try to shove that down their throat. I don't think I know everything. I know for a fact, I don't know everything. I've made a lot of mistakes and I've got a lot of successes. And what I tell people is what works for me. When my mind, my body, and my spirit are linked and I'm living right, I feel better. My life feels better. And I think clearer. Good things seem to happen for me. And I just share that people. If every time you get a headache, you took Tylenol and your friend had these same headaches, you recommend Tylenol to him. You wouldn't sit, tell him he, he, you wouldn't tell him he has to do, he has to do it. You wouldn't open his mouth to have a pill down and be a jerk about it. That's essentially what we're doing. You can call us Christian band if you want, or say we're not one. Doesn't really matter to me. I just mentioned what God has done for me because I'm not afraid. Okay. I found that wildly offensive. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I was going to say this later and we will go into it when I kind of will talk about like, uh, what it, what, what it feels like to listen. Does it change anything when you listen to a song and you know that it is Christian rock versus what it isn't? Cause I do have a lot to say about that, but I will just say like, could you imagine a Muslim artist saying that? No. And in fact, the phrase that he used, we're not shoving it down people's throats, is exactly the phrase that would be used, weaponized against a Muslim artist who was even implying any sort of, you know, part of their own faith, a line from their, like for anything. It would be completely, that would be what they, they would say, you are shoving it down our throats. Why can't you just make music about whatever you want? And it's just so interesting to hear this person talk about this completely value neutral thing yeah that was that was nuts I always knew they were trouble yeah um but there is a way to say something like that and not do it that way like my favorite band Switchfoot and the three minute TikTok that the lead singer responded to a fan with where she was like I went to a show last night and like I would just hope that they would accept me for who I am whatever and he responded with like the longest TikTok possible just like being like being like, I need you, like you need me, like I need you, like you need me, and you can be different than me, and it's all good, and we are all connected. Like there's a, maybe that's not the way either, but it's better. Um, anyway, on to our next lyric. Brother, let me be your shelter. Never leave you all alone. I can be the one you call when you're feeling low. I think this is not Christian rock. I think is this is this white Christian men singing? Hannah, what do you think? I don't know. I'm doing the thing where I'm like trying to guess how many like Becky gave us that are like Christian rock versus yeah. just Christian men. So, I'm, but I think um, at face value, I could definitely say going either way. But it could also just be nice of someone just saying, "I'll be your shelter." As just I'm, I'm your friend and. And yeah, so maybe not Christian rock. Just like white Christian men being besties and calling each other brother. I don't know. I'm also doing Becky. I'm doing that thing right now. Like when you're like in school, when you're taking like a true or false test and you're like, okay, like, (laughs) well, this you're clearly not big need to breathe fans. This is their best song, (laughs) brother. Um, So yes, they are very much a Christian rock band. However, they like red jumpsuit apparatus and you know switchfoot and the fray they may not want to admit that they are a christian rock band as they've like developed later in life they're tagged as christian rock band because of their initial successes in the christian radio markets but they have resist that categorization because of the challenges it presents to non-religious listeners so they they are trying to like broaden 
they got me in there. So they're trying to broaden their listenership. And so while there's a spiritual thread that runs through so many of their songs, uh, whether it's like uplifting gospel harmonies or like lessons, they have a lot of like lessons, which is very religious music has like lessons you take away from, from it. It's kind of hard not to label this as Christian rock because they're very, they are three Christian men singing, but they're also labeled as Christian rock. Next one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a hostage to my own humanity. That made it sound like I was saying manatee. I'm sorry. Humanity. Self-detained and forced to live in this mess I've made. And all I'm asking is for you to do what you can with me, but I can't ask you to give what you already gave. So three reasons I think this is Christian rock. One is because the U is capitalized in the reading that we're reading right now. Two, because I'm a hostage to my own humanity. Humanity definitely feels like someone who was getting, who is like super psyched about the afterlife. And the third reason is that I can't remember what the song is, but I know I listened to it yesterday. I like, know I did in preparation for this episode. I like this. I'm really re- recognizing this, but I can't remember which one it is. You definitely listen to it because it's Reliant K. Oh, okay, <laughs> and it's of their most famous song. They are. This Christian has been my escape. Yes. <laughs> A song you probably Wait. listened to when you were in seventh grade and didn't realize I it was Christian wrong, but it is for all the reasons, Hannah, the capital U did give it away for my copy and paste job, but it is very much Christian rock. Wait, how does this, how do these lines go? Help me put it to music. You know, I don't know off the top of my head, but do you want me to play it's it off like my not, phone? It's just not like hitting for me. I can't figure out where it goes. <laughs> so good. It's a great song. This was an early song of when I realized that Christian Rock was all around and I didn't know and it scared me. Hold on, let's wait till we get to the... Oh. <laughs> anyway, all the while you hold the key and I've been dying to get out. It might be the death of me. So good. You know, if Reliant K weren't super Christian, they definitely would have been on the OC. That's what I'm realizing. Points. Are you it's sure a great they're song. not? Huh? Are you sure they're not? I'm pretty sure, but they could, maybe I missed it. They could be. I think they, they would have like performed. Mm, they were really popular. Maybe they were. I'll go back and take a look. Um. Okay. Should we do the next one? Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. You've come to love me lightly. Yeah. You come to hold me tight. Is this motion everlasting or just shutters pass through the night? Rosemary heaven restores you <laughs> in life. Okay. That last part sounded <laughs> very Christian to me. Um, however, I think we've had, I I mean, I feel like we've had three Christian rock songs in a row and this makes me feel like maybe this could be the one that isn't and the Rosemary part and heaven are a red herring. So I'm going to say again that it's just white Christian men singing and I'm probably going to be wrong, but I'm going to go for it. No, Mimi, you're too smart. It's just Interpol. So okay. White Christian men singing. Cool. Just a solid rock song. Yeah. This is a great selection, Becky. This is tricky. <laughs> See, but then you realize, oh my God, all the music is Christian. Yeah. So for sure. All right, Hannah, I want to head up with the last one. Okay. Let's do it. I was all out of hope and all out of fight. Couldn't fight back my tears. So I fell on my knees saying, God, if you're there, come and rescue me. Felt all pouring down from above, got washed in the water, washed in the blood. Honestly, even though it does specifically say God, I kind of thought that it could just be like 
Christian men singing until this last line got washed in the water, washed in the blood. That feels pretty overt to me. Am I right? So I led you guys astray here. Um, sorry, it's not Christian. It should say Christian men and women singing. This is Carrie Underwood. <laughs> this is oh my God. something in the water, which is her best song. Um, oh, when I love Christian that song. Women's song. And it's because I want to give Victoria a shout out. Um, so Victoria wrote a really great B-sides email uh, a couple years ago called, is this song sexy or about Jesus? Um, and I was going through her playlist and I was like, damn, this song is so good. And you like, do think it's about is it sexy or about Jesus? Um, I'm going to read to you what she wrote about the song. Cause I think she perfectly encapsulated it. And she wrote on the country charts. It's totally normal to slide a sneaky little washed in the blood lyric. Like it's nothing, but the song got played everywhere in a way that rubbed me as frankly unsettling. Look without the specific concept of redemptive baptismal rebirth these songs cannot be talking about suicide the fact that they're only all titled after the main hook and not a 1-800-273-8255 is only possible because we have this shared cultural context whether we're thinking about it or not this is a space where church music won't leave me alone i thought that was a super interesting perspective because i would not have had it on that song i love that shout Mm -hmm. out to victoria also victoria is a b-sides friend and troy is a B-Sides friend and Victoria and Troy just welcomed their first little baby, Eleanor, who is so cute. So mazel tov to both of you. I hope you listen to some great Christian rock and it makes you happy. And I'm going to link to Victoria's really awesome um, email in the show notes too. But Carrie Underwood, big Christian too. So like can't be ignored, can't be identified. <laughs> yeah. As long as the song is playing. That's true. Cause I'm like, oh, I, in retrospect, I thought I knew these songs, but when the lyrics are on their own, I'm like, this is, this is scripture. We could play this game all day, yeah. um, but had to give it to an end, but that was fun. And I think also we've kind of talked about this, but leads to a larger discussion about this term called crossover, which is using downplayed religious content and lyrics, which has allowed some artists to to quote unquote crossover and make significant impact in our general market. Some Christian bands are able to do this while maintaining their identity in the Christian market, which is what I think need to breathe has done. I feel like a spokesperson for need to breathe, but that they've really done a good job um, partnering with Gavin DeGraw and so many singers and band members are, are deeply religious. And that translates into their music. Like we see with Carrie Underwood And 65% of adults, this is from a a recent Pew study, 65% of adults in the United States identified themselves as Christians, which is a really high number. And, but it's in fact, actually the number conversation for another day, but the number of people who identify as religious is dropping every year. So it's 65% now, but I think it was like 75% two or three years ago. Um, But it only adds to the popularity of Christian music and why bands don't need to identify as Christian rock to be labeled as Christian rock. And that's why so many songs are about Jesus, even if they don't explicitly say so, because like, hello, it's safe for them to assume that their listener is connected to Jesus in some way, because it is the dominant and majority culture. So I'll get off that hill right now. Uh, A question I asked Hannah beforehand is, does knowing a song is about Jesus impact the way you listen and enjoy it? So it seems like I have a little bit less of a history of listening to and being a fan of Christian rock as the two of you do. So I'm really eager to hear your thoughts on this question as well. Like, what does it do to you when you know that when you know that a song is about Jesus? So I think that I mean, really, the the point I'm thinking about a lot is what we have now covered a number of times, which is just that this is this is hegemony. This is what hegemony means, that it's the dominant culture and that the people who are, you know, making that identity front and center in their popular music don't realize what a political choice they're making necessarily. And it's easier for them to say that it's not a real choice. And it's harder for me as an 11 year old Jew to be like, oh, my lot is like still sing this. And it's really confusing. Um, another reason I think that, um, 
Christian rock works so well and that I do like enjoy about it in some ways is that I think that religion is really all about trying to make sense of things that don't make sense. And I think music is too like non-religious music is about, I mean, we were just talking about this at the beginning of the episode. I have been listening to Adele, uh, you know, since she dropped her album a few days ago, as of when we're recording and releasing this. And that's all an album about make trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. Like that's what that that's every lyric is like teasing things out. And I really felt that getting ready for this episode and listening to these like super angsty songs about like life is really hard and I really want to find meaning in it. And it's really hard for me to do that. So I was listening to, um, well, I guess the other piece, I just want to say that this something in the water song that you just shared with us, Becky, that Victoria was highlighting is I find it much easier to engage with a Christian rock song or a Christian song. If it is overt, I love Jesus. Take the wheel. I actually like love that song by carry It is so good. Jesus take the wheel. It is right there in the name that it says a song about Jesus. But first, I mean, listen, this is something I could probably work on for myself and but whatever. I just got upset when I realized that there's a wash and water, wash and blood line and something in the water. What? And I've been listening to that song for years, too. And now I feel a little bit icky about it. Whereas if it was like even mo- more overt, I, I feel like I could like really like, I don't know. I, I can like I understand what they're trying to do and I can like interact with it much easier. I don't know. Do you guys agree with that point? Or do you like when it's sneaky? No, I, I agree. At least in these, it's possible that there is a case I'm not thinking of where it is sneaky. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a good one. But in, I think on the whole, I would agree. You know, I feel hoodwinked, bamboozled, scammed when, uh, when it just is like snuck in there, but it is like deeply, deeply Christian. Um, whereas of course Jesus take the wheel is a great song and it's a great meme. Okay. And that is because of how overt it is. Yeah. So I think I would agree, but Becky, what do you think? I don't mind. I don't know. I, I think I'm such a passive listener, maybe in a lot of things. I think also just like, I just like expect everything to be Christian. So I'm more surprised to find out something is not Christian. Like if you told me like Taylor Swift even has a Christmas tree farm song, you know, like uh, that's like Christian, even if it's not like I love Jesus, it's like sneaky Christian. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to tease out about what it means to be, to have like for a song to be Christian because there is the faith element there is the spiritual element, which is connected, but different. There's cultural. the cultural element, which is a Christmas tree farm with no Jesus. And then of course, like, I don't think you would say that soon you'll get better, which has a line about Jesus that I think is like, so beautiful. I don't think you would say that's a Christian song. I think you would say that's a song about someone like, like we've been talking about really trying to make sense of something coping with death. Yeah. And there's, so there's all these different elements that can make something feel really like, like that become a Christian song. And for us as Jews, we are doing this work to kind of like tease that out, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Part of where I get a little like angsty and frustrated and a little bit like, Hey, stop. You're being hegemonic, especially to Christian rock and these songs is that it's not just Christianity where white boys put their identity as the norm They ask everyone else to relate to it. They ask everyone else to be like, this is the norm. This is regular. And my thing is like, and I'm just making this song and it's about like my angsty life. So I feel a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about that because I feel like it's not just Christianity. It's just a lot of things like, yeah, the male perspective is it's front and center in our lives already. Um, so I listened to a few songs with this question in mind. Um, the first I listened to was this question of like, if I know it's about Jesus, how does it change? The first was dare you to move, which is a song I listened to a lot back in the day, but didn't realize this is my first time listening to it. Like with earphones being like, what is this like? 
um, I could still enjoy the song because it's a great song. There's like big feelings, big music. I, I think it's just really great. Um, something I think really special about, like, I think that the lyrics are really good in a lot of ways. I think even like the concept, like I dare you to move. There's like this communal almost covenant happening. Like I dare you to move. And like, I'm here too. And we're like going to do this together. Um, and then there was this great line that I found very Jewish and very like activisty that I don't think they meant it that way. There's a line there's that, whether I say tension between how it is and how it should be, how it is and how it should be. Um, I find that like the, the tension between how the world is and how the world should be is like one of the organizing principles of Judaism and of activism. So I was like, oh, it's my people in there. Um, and I actually like, don't experience that a lot in what I understand to be Christian values, which is a very much a desire to make like. I remember having a fight with my Catholic grandpa once he was like, why aren't you trying to get into heaven? And I was like, because this world is the one I'm trying to fix. And he was like, well, this world is like not for us. We're like getting to the next one. And I was like, I care about this world like this one. You know, like there's this that's that's a difference. I feel with like different kinds of it's not it's not it's whatever so that was a moment where I actually really liked that line this tension between how it is and how it should be um that I thought was really interesting I'm not sure if they meant it the way I am interpreting it they were like this they did all the Jewish organizers out there <laughs> I think they did switchfoot is like that yeah switchfoot is is Jews for Jesus like <laughs> except the opposite um they are, they have a lot of songs with that kind of message where they're like, we're in this world now. It is imperfect. Let's do the best we can to make everyone's lives as good as we can and be generous in this life and love each other and all of that. They are very much that. I think that's, yeah, I think that's sweet. I wouldn't have picked out that lyric, but it's a beautiful lyric. And it's, and it does speak to their larger message and in their like five plus albums or whatever. So it's great. And the bridge is so good. We want more than this world got to offer. That's how you know it's about heaven ultimately. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, the next two I'll go through quickly because the second song I listened to with this question in mind, I failed completely. It, yes, One Last Breath by Creed. I, I decided not to look up the lyrics. I couldn't understand a word they were saying, even though I did karaoke to this in 2003. They mumble like nobody's business. So I failed and I it's Christian. I don't need to think about it much more. So let's go to the third song I was listening to um, with this in mind, which is there's got to be more to life. Exactly. By Stacey Orico. Where is she um, these days? She, I wish her well. No idea what she's up to. Didn't Google it. Probably could have. Um, she had, so this is something that I, I didn't, I did not know at the time, nor until yesterday that she was a Christian artist. Um, but Hannah. she- what you would have if you had read Victoria's B-side email. She uses this yes. song. <laughs> That's actually how I got to this song was by was by rereading <laughs> Victoria's piece. So I guess when Victoria came out with that newsletter, however, whenever that was, I must have known at the time, but also was just busy putting it into MailChimp. I probably didn't do a close enough reading of of a wonderful guest spot. I'm just giving you a hard time. I appreciate that. Yes. That's how I got to this song was by listening to Victoria's playlist, which we'll link. Um, so this is, yeah, let's read, I'll read a quote that Stacy said, um, in 2003, she said, I feel like music is music. I'm an artist and yes, I'm an artist who is Christian, but I make music about all the things I deal with in life. Not only my faith, I sing about my faith, my relationships, the good things I do the mistakes I made, all those things. And like, there's, I have two reactions to that. One is I appreciate her taking this question and saying, I'm just speaking to myself. These are my own experiences. Like, I appreciate that she's writing what she knows, but this is what we were talking about earlier. This is when I was thinking about this, like seriously, like the way that anti-Muslim bigotry is so prevalent in our country 
What would the sentence be if she said, I feel like music is music. I'm an artist. And yes, I'm an artist who is Muslim, but I make Muslim music about all the things I deal with in life, not only my faith. Like that sentence would be torn apart, not even just on Fox News, but just all over. Like that is like, you can't say that. So that's how you know that there's something different happening here. And that Christian hegemony is, is the water and where the fish. So the reason I say that is to say, I cannot fully just like enjoy Christian rock the way my former coworker listened to it. And it just like gave her a total high. I can't like really tune into it specifically, but yeah, I can't deny that some of the songs slap. I think that's a good place to end it on. That's a good note. Unless maybe were you going to add something? No, go ahead. Before I start talking about like, Protestantism versus Catholicism in that the 17th an, that century. That could be an, an extra podcast. That could be. Yeah. That, a, that's a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> For those who are interested, Mimi will be giving a 10 minute sermon that if you join our Patreon, you can get. For the low, no, but low it's price. like, it's like different relationships with God and different, like personal versus like, yeah, like going through all of these rituals through bishops and like kind of corrupt. TBH, they both have their downsides, but yeah, I, I think about how that plays out, but I, I'm not super well qualified to actually talk about it. I also just, it always comes back to just like using religion to make money and Mm -hmm. like using these like ideas of Jesus and God and et cetera. Like they're still selling a good here. Like they're artists who are making money off of people's connection to God or people's connection to religion, um, to make their own money totally and in fact i think like all of this is tied together including what you said hannah um in 2003 this is the perfect time to say yes i am a christian i don't think she meant it that way i'm not trying to say that but it's the perfect time to be like that's that is a it it's still a scary and dangerous time for a lot of people to if you put the word Muslim in, in there. And that was a particularly bad, that was a particularly dangerous time, target on your back kind of moment. So um, that even just kind of strengthens your argument, the context of this being 2003 and that being a great time to also make money off of being a Christian. So if someone is listening and has thoughts about how the different Christians and, and Protestant and Catholic denominations of Christianity, their relationship to God shows up across different Christian rock or Christian pop music. That sounds like a great conversation for the discord would love to see that. Cause yeah, I, I would love to see like the, the textual evidence in the lyrics. That would be really cool. hundred percent. Um, minus, uh, the three songs that you've just talked about, Hannah, are you listening to anything else? Yeah. Our new favorite segment. Um, so I think we talked about how, I mean, it's really just all about our, our girls, Taylor and Adele. I'm listening to them and I'm also listening to thousands of TikToks a day about them. Not actually, I've set a time limit on my TikTok. um, which by the way, you know, uh, longtime listeners will remember the TikTok episode where I was like, you know, the algorithm, it just doesn't get me. I don't understand. And now I'm like, I set a limit on my TikTok because I couldn't stop. So it got me. And the other thing I'm listening to on that note is um, the Ringer podcast, every single album, Taylor Swift did their red episode that I thought was awesome. Oh my God, they I did? That. Yeah. So I just listened to that. And now actually oh they're my. doing... Um, they're now doing every single album Adele. So I'm really excited to go into that. I mean, she just has so fewer albums than Taylor when you like really think about it. Um, and the last thing I think I want to share on this is that I'm not listening to this, but I did see a reminder that, uh, Taylor Swift has a Christmas album. So one, we should listen to it. And two, is she re-recording it? Cause that is owned by Scooter Braun right now. And does that mean there's going to be another album coming that we don't even realize did you say today she did christmas tree farm she just re-recorded it are you serious yeah i saw that on on the internet she doesn't 
she owns it. She just made a new version. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? I don't a new version. Hold on. Let me. Is it like an Elvira remix or something? Christmas. <laughs> I mean, I, but I guess to your question about the Christmas album is like, is Christianity so dominant that Taylor needs to re-record that album that people probably don't stream all year long? Yeah, she re-released the Christmas time earlier this year with the release of another re-recorded song by Taylor Swift. Nearly two weeks after dropping Red, the singer released a re-recorded version of her holiday hit classic Christmas Tree Farm. Wow. I saw that she was putting out Christmas Tree Farm merch, um, but I just assumed that was because it's Christmas. Wow. No, she re By the way, it. everything I said about feeling a little icky sometimes when listening to Christian rock music is not true for Christmas music, which I love unconditionally partly because most of it was written by Jews, but mostly just because I actually love Christmas and love Christmas music. Speaking yeah. of good Christmas stuff, I, I listened to Ariana Grande's Christmas albums and it is so good. Christmas and chill. It's so good. It's so good. That's what I've listened Santa to. Santa tell me. Santa tell me. It's a great one. It's so good. Uh, last Christmas Uh, yeah that's what Mm -hmm. I'm listening to and then also read and we're just gonna get our Spotify wrapped soon got that ominous email that was like it's on the way but red will not be included in that because they stopped collecting your data for last year like a couple days before it came out oh what about you Mimi early Mm mid-November um I think we've pretty much covered it I you know also Adele Taylor um i'm curious what everyone's favorite vault song is if you have one you don't have to choose i'm not trying to make you choose but um i am curious about that but other than that i think we've 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 covered it i love i bet you think about me and then she made the music okay video same. To it. yeah it's so good yeah and the Ronin? music video <laughs> the music video is very like i mean obviously it's heavy-handed it's like red like you know like, yeah but I think it's great. I think it's great too. I honestly like all the Volt songs. I think Ed Sheeran sounds so good. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for him. Mimi, what's your favorite Volt song? It's the same. I bet you think about me. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. What about you? I think my two are Nothing New and The Very First Night, which I really love. And I'm also loving even more the, the more that it's like, really becoming the anthem for gaylers and for the people who believe that Taylor Swift is gay. Yeah. I cannot believe she did how much I miss you. Okay. Whisper, so, whisper, miss picture. You. <laughs> right. Whisper and, right. So, okay. So this is something that I posted about on Instagram where I just literally just posted in real time. I like put my head in my hands in the back of a taxi cab, which sounds like a Taylor Swift lyric. Um, just being like, what is going on when I realized this very specific thing and a bunch of people were like, what is this thing? So if you're, if you, if you and I didn't DM this listener right now, I'll tell you right now. So, okay. In the, in the very first night as you know, Mimi and Becca, you both know, but just so everybody knows, it feels like to a lot of people who believe that Taylor Swift is gay, that when she rhymes, like didn't read the note on the Polaroid picture, they don't know how much I miss you, that it really should be. They don't know how much I miss her. And that that is a song about loving a woman. Okay, fine. Everybody on Gaylor TikTok is constantly posting about this. They don't know how much I miss her. I miss her. I miss her. I miss her being the lyric. Okay. Like that is absolutely everywhere all over Gaylor TikTok. And then Taylor Swift goes out with a TikTok with like with about drunk Taylor. Did you see this TikTok with drunk Taylor? It's like a cute, it's just like a cute throwback to, um, in 2019 when like Taylor got really drunk at a party and people were like being cute about drunk Taylor. And the caption is something about like something, 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 something. I miss her. And it's like Taylor that I really feel like that was mean of her to do that. It, that's what it, I put my head in my hands. Cause I was like, this life is so difficult because everything feels like a clue and it's too exhausting and I can't live like this anymore. And she's so intentional. Like it's, it is annoying. It's like, everything is a clue because she's so intentional. It definitely was. It's just like, yeah, 
like we always say, she is she is like a real life Riddler. And that's absolutely what she was doing there. And I didn't catch it at first, but I she knew. Speaking of riddles, I think I may go see House of Gucci on Friday. Made me think of Ridley Scott, which made me think of House of Gucci. So I'll keep everyone posted on on that. Pause on up. Friday. Pause up. <laughs> Pause up. I really want to see it. I feel like I was thinking that we could do like a B-sides meetup in, in a city or two, but that seemed too hard. But if people want to do a B-sides meetup, we could try. At some well, I was point, just thinking but... it's a nice day after yeah. Thanksgiving, like activity but i could wait i'm not like in desperate need to see house of gucci no I was please just, see it let us know what it's like Follow i was just thinking how like gucci. movies that are going to be out do you think it's going to be terrible i can't decide i think it will be <laughs> i mean star is more and got amazing reviews so yeah but is this getting amazing reviews i don't think it's gotten any reviews yet. it comes out on wednesday oh got it i think house of gucci <laughs> Anyway, that is our show, but it's not the end of the conversation. As we've said like 40 times, please join our discord and tell us your Christian thoughts. So we can't wait to hear what you think. (laughs) Bye everyone. Hope you have a nice holiday. However you choose to celebrate or not celebrate. I hope you are in a safe and environment. Beautiful sentiments, Becky. Amen. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the B-Sides podcast. We want to connect with you. Check out the show notes to find our Instagram, Twitter, and join our Facebook group where you can link up with us and other progressives who love pop. Please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already, and consider supporting the B-Sides on Patreon. Until the next time we cut to the feeling, I'm Mimi. I'm Becky. I'm Hannah. 